0: So, would you open up your hearts and honor Blaine Cook? Good evening. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you for, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you for having me here. It was, uh, the music was phenomenal. This will all be very anticlimactic after that. <laughs> uh, I did want to do one thing if I could, and I, I don't know you, but I would like to tell you what I saw. Uh, the whole team was magnificent, but I can only see what I see, you know how that goes? But uh, when I walked in the very back door, the first thing I saw you up front, and the team was all singing together, and, uh, and the Lord spoke to me, and I hope you don't take this as an insult, but he said uh, uh, that you're Janice Joplin of the kingdom. Right? That's what I saw on you. Now, I don't know whether that makes sense to you at all, But, um, she's always been one of my faves, by the way, because she's so incredibly passionate about, uh, about what she did, whether you believed all of, about her, uh, she was incredibly passionate. The other thing that I saw over you is I saw, um, and I don't know if, I don't know if you write music or not. Do you write at all? Well, it's, you're about ready to start writing again. Um, because I saw uh, a whole bunch of music notes like in a whirlwind around your head and then going up to the ceiling. And uh, I think that he's just uh, going to release a new season of songwriting for you. And you feel like it's been kind of brewing, like it's been coming, but it's not coming. But I just want you to know that it is going to come. And it's going to be, a, uh, I think it's going to be a blessing. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be collaborative. Between you guys, but I, but I just most definitely saw it on you, and you're going to evoke the the passion of uh, for Jesus and for the kingdom in the songs that are coming. The whole group, I mean, you're all very incredibly gifted and passionate for sure. But I just I just saw that over your head, and I don't know how the team is set up or any of that stuff. I, I don't that probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you, but it means a whole lot to me because I just know that I'm going to see you again. And there's going to be something really incredible the next time that I see you. I don't know when I'm going to see you again. But at some point in time, God will make that happen. Because he always seems to do those things in, in our lives. Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> I get all this time, huh? Uh, <laughs> um, how many of you know how I got saved? Okay, good. Then I can do this. (laughs) I I had another message tonight that I I really did want to share, but I need a little bit more time to develop it than I think I have tonight. But I thought it might be helpful. Uh, You know, I'm most certainly a guy who's just trying to figure out how to get to heaven, honestly. Uh, Every place I've been, It's always been more than I ever expected. It's always been bigger than I ever expected. It's always been, I always feel like, um, I can remember one of my first experiences in teaching with John Wimber. I uh, um, I was teaching at Fuller Seminary with him, and I was the teaching assistant for the class, I'd never even been to a seminary, let alone a seminary student or a TA for the class. But I was officially the, te- the teaching assistant for the class. And so every time I would go to the class, I would get grilled. And they'd say, okay, so what seminary did you go to? Never been to seminary. What Bible school did you go to? Never been to Bible school. And I, and I, I came to the realization that, that those are all great things to have. I have no problem with schooling. I love schooling. I've been, had a lot of schooling in my life. Uh, but God has this library and this way of teaching us and training us to be his for the moment and for the place and for the opportunities that he puts before us in our lives. And as I was mentioning last night, uh, I I just think we're just coming into an amazing season in, in history. And I think that, like I said, I think God's recruiting everybody, you know, to, to be about the purposes of the kingdom. And for myself, um, did anybody else grow up in the church? Yeah, about probably about a third of you grew up in the church, and so you'll, you maybe will recognize a little bit of my story. Um, I grew up in the, the Quaker church. Remember the Quakers? <laughs> they didn't, but... Uh, that was the <laughs> that was the church I grew up in, uh, it, and uh, I uh, I kind of like church, but I could never figure out why everybody would want to go three or four times a week. Uh, there always seemed to be a whole lot more interesting things to do when I was growing up, and and uh, I didn't you know hate the church because I had a really good kind of social life in the church, and I met a lot of interesting. Well, unique people anyway, uh, in the church. And uh, and I think probably between probably age five and probably 18, I probably went forward to get saved probably 50 times. Anybody else? No, never mind. You don't need to raise your hand for that. Because I could never kind of make it work. I could never get really that good at it or that good enough for it or really feel real comfortable with how I was doing with my Christian life. And so I, I I met my wife and, uh, at church and I thought that was a good idea to maybe, you know, I was always told I needed to marry a, you know, a good Christian woman and somehow she passed the test with my parents. And, uh, and so I, we got married and she was 19 at the time and I was 22, I think at the time. And, and uh, we went to church on a regular basis, and I just kind of, you know, as usual, kind of got worn out uh, by the process. I'd feel good about it for a while, then I wouldn't feel so good about it. I'd go back and forth. I could never make the connection with God. And uh, and so uh, as we got married, we moved out, and about a year after we got married, maybe two years after we got married, uh, I lost my job. And so I had to move back in with my in-laws. And they were really wonderful people. And I had to share a refrigerator. And I had to move all the stuff out of my little apartment that I really loved. And I moved it into one bedroom of their house. And my father-in-law was not that excited about me moving into this one bedroom. So we had all this stuff kind of stacked up the ceilings. And, uh, and my wife, uh, had gotten pregnant. I'm not sure how that happened, but she got pregnant. And uh, and so when we moved into the house, you know, my, my in-laws were pleasant but not that excited about me going there. And I'd go out and look for work every single day uh, when I was trying to get a job. And my wife was not looking for work at the time because she was pregnant and a ways along. And so my wife started going to a women's Bible study at church. Now, the church had just gone through kind of a a split they'd had a bunch of problems and the church we were getting ready to start a brand new church with uh, John and Carol Wimber and so we used to go to this thing that they did on Sunday nights after the real church service we'd go and do this faux church service at this other person's house and so we we would go to the we'd go to the house and they'd sing these you know, they only had about five worship songs at that time and they weren't very good. But we'd just sing them over and over and over and over and over again for like an hour and a half. And my wife would be, think that was really cool. And I'd say, yeah, that was really pretty cool. And I'd get up on Monday morning. I'd go I'd start work, looking for work. And, uh, my, but my wife went to this Bible study and she, they had a visiting person from the Bible that was visiting the Bible study and they started talking about this experience that they'd had with God and with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. And my wife is listening and listening. She said, Well, this is all new to me. I don't know. I don't, I've never heard this before. I don't know how this exactly works. And so, my wife, being the spiritual woman that she is, she got in her car to drive. And she's in this Bible study with these women that are all like 40 something. That always makes me nervous when they're with these older ladies in the church. They're all, you know, 40, 50 years old. And here's my little 23 year old. 23-year-old wife, you know, going to this women's Bible study. So my wife gets in her car to drive home after this woman shared her testimony, and she goes, Jesus, I don't know what that woman has, but whatever that woman has, that's what I want. And she got filled with the Holy Spirit on the way home just from from the Bible study. But she didn't even know what it was. Now, you have to understand, where where we came from, They didn't have spiritual gifts of any kind because they all ended with the apostolic age. And so my wife didn't know how to express what was going on in her heart. And so I come home from looking for work all day long and it's a hot day. And my wife comes uh, waddling out, you know, 11 and a half months pregnant to my car. (laughs) She's got a Bible in her hand and she 's crying she 's sobbing, and I thought, "Oh my goodness, my wife 's had a nervous breakdown and And she plums up the car and she goes, "Wait, the most wonderful thing happened to me today and I said, "Oh, really, so tell me about it. so she tells me about what 's going on, and I can tell something's going on, but I really did think that she'd had some kind of mental you know break so we went back in the house and and uh And I was kind of like, wow, this is, I mean, I'm, you know, knew a lot more about the Bible. And I knew, you know, I was theologically correct. And and she's like going on and on about this thing. She's crying and crying and crying and crying. And then she would lay awake at night. She'd get her Bible out and she would read the Bible all night long. And she'd wake me up about every two or three hours. And she'd go, Blaine, listen to this verse. And I'd say, dear, I got to get up and look for work tomorrow. And she'd go, No, you know, she's reading Leviticus, right? And, And 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 she's got a she's got a magic marker, and and it's like like every verse is speaking to her. She's underlining everything. I mean, she didn't need a highlighter; she needed a paintbrush. She would just kept every page. She had all these things. So this went on for about you know two or three weeks. And as I was watching her, the, thing, the things that really attracted me was this whole idea that my wife used to have massive migraine headaches and they just disappeared in a moment. My wife used to be an insomniac. She wasn't. It wasn't that she couldn't sleep. She just was reading the Bible all night. That went away like that. She had stomach problems and that went away. This all happened in a matter of a couple of days. It was just gone. I don't know, she got delivered. I don't, I didn't matter. I was, a little, she was a happy camper because she used to get these massive migraine headaches that would just put her down for a whole day. And she kept reading, kept, she'd cry and cry and read and cry and cry and read. And then I'd hear her in the ba- bed be shaking. So finally, uh, you know, she's reading me all these verses and one night she, she uh, wakes up and I said, okay. I said, I know you've got all these verses that God's speaking to you through the Bible. I said, he's probably got at least one verse for me. She goes, "Uh uh-huh. I said, well, what's that verse? She says, Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. I didn't know what that meant, but I didn't think it was good. So in the meantime, we start the brand new church and, and, you know, and that's kind of fun. And my wife is like, we have the little baby now. We've got the brand new little baby. This is, and she's still in this like, la la land state all the time when I see her. She's so happy and she's so joyful. In fact, she used to get so excited, you know, her mom was not in the same place that she was or her dad. And so she'd get so excited and she, of course, she didn't speak in tongues or, you know, she didn't know how to do any of that stuff. So she used to walk into the bedroom very quietly, with her mother in the room, she'd get in the room, she go, <laughs> and then she'd walk back out and talk to her mother. And she'd do that four or five times a day because she was so excited. She was so full of God that she just could not contain herself. And we didn't speak in tongues. She didn't speak in tongues. She didn't even know that was available. And so I got home from work. I finally got a job. I get home from work one day and she goes, Hey, John and Carol Wimber called this afternoon. They want us to come to a leadership meeting for the new church. And I said, well, what are they having for dinner? She said, they're going to barbecue steaks. I said, hallelujah, God is truly with us. So we drove over to the Wimbers house and I go outside and John Wimbers barbecuing steaks. And I mean, I'm, I'm drooling watching him turn the steaks on because I hadn't seen a steak in three years. So I'm talking to him, talking to him, and I thought he was a little unique anyway, and I'm talking to him, and he says, you want a steak? Yeah, so I get a steak, and he gives me one for my wife. I go inside, and I eat it really fast, and my wife's eating it faster. We finish the steak. I go back out to the barbecue, and he said, would you like another one? I said, "Uh uh-huh, and he said, okay. He gave me two more. I went back in. We both ate a second steak, right? And then I'm going, oh my gosh, this is this is truly a divine moment, And I, I walk back in the house and my wife is wrapping up two more steaks and putting them in her purse. So I, I don't really care. At this point, I'm starting to move into a food coma. You know? And so I, I, I find a chair in the very back of the room. There's about 30 or 40 people in, the, in John's living room. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is the best leadership meeting I've ever been at. I'm sitting in the back, kind of laying, you know, like, oh, that was really awesome. That was really awesome. And, uh, and, uh, my wife's packing up some more food to take home in the kitchen. And, uh, John starts playing the piano. John Wimber starts playing this brand new song that he learned that he called the, he nicknamed it the Bible study song. I don't know, cause he did it for a Bible. Anyway, really great worship song. And I'm listening, like, wow, that's really pretty cool. He, he plays about two or three other songs and all of a sudden he just stands up and he goes, you know what, there's somebody here tonight and they have a bad left shoulder. And one of the Bible study ladies gets up and she goes, oh, that's me, that's me. She comes out in the middle of the room and the other Bible study ladies come over, they lay hands on her, they start praying for her. And all of a sudden she goes, yeah, 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 it's all better. I'd never ever seen anybody healed. I thought, well, that was pretty weird. And then he goes, Yeah, there's somebody here who's got a bad right knee. And, and, and another Bible study lady comes out. Me. And so she comes out and they lay hands on her, and the next thing I know, she's going, Yeah, yeah, my right, my right, my right knee's perfect. I didn't know what John was doing. I'd never seen a word of knowledge. I didn't know people could know those things. And you know when you start having that revelation from God, and I'm sitting there in my chair, and I'm starting to slide down in my chair, and I'm dropping my head because I'm thinking, oh my God, if he could know that, he could know the sin in my heart. (laughs) And all of a sudden, he said, he makes this just incredible, has this incredible revelation. And he says, you know what? I think there's some people here tonight that need prayer. And I mean, you have to understand what this group of leaders look like. They look like people out of the Star Wars bar. They all needed prayer. But I didn't know that. And so all of a sudden, and and to this day, I still honestly really don't know. All of a sudden, I found myself launched out of my chair, and I'm walking across the room towards John Wimber, like in slow motion. And all of a sudden, I'm in right in front of John, and he says, yes. And I said, uh, and I start confessing all this sin. And he goes, great. And I said, great. And he goes, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to pray for you and you're going to be better. And I'm trying to do uh, (laughs) because nobody ever confessed sin where I came from. They all had unspoken prayer requests. (laughs) Are you with me? All right, so here I've exposed my whole life. I might as well have been naked out there in the middle of the room. And he lay, John Wimber lays hands on me. And he starts praying for about 20 seconds. And all of a sudden he goes, I'm going to need some help. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't think it was good, but I didn't know what that meant. And all of a sudden the Bible study ladies come out and they all get around me and they lay hands on me and they're touching me and they're, and they're all speaking in tongues. I thought maybe I'd been transported to the Middle East, but I wasn't sure. And all of a sudden, I open my eyes and I go, I don't remember the carpet being there. And then I tried to move my arms and my legs and my arms and legs wouldn't move. And I'm laying on the floor like this, face down on the carpet. I couldn't even turn my head. And finally, somebody comes over from one of the Bible study ladies and she turns my head. So I'm like this. And they're all, they're all surrounding me, and they're laying here. They're praying over me. And all of a sudden, this lady comes across the room, and I hear her saying, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who, who's it? Oh, it's Becky's husband. And then she leans over and she cups her hands around my ear and she goes, God has a word for you. Now, I could think of several words that He might have for me. Because I'd never heard a prophecy. And she says, well, this is the word of the Lord to you. You're going to weep and weep and weep and weep and weep and weep. And the more you weep, the more will be multiplied back to you in joy. I said, well, this lady obviously doesn't know who I am. I'm not subject to emotion. I haven't cried in years. And as I'm laying there on the floor, uh, you know when you're a little kid and, and... And you know you're about to cry and you could feel this thing. So I could feel this thing like coming up my gizzard. But I didn't cry. I started to howl like a dog. I started crying so hard that the tears were I look like one of those cartoon kids the tears were shooting straight out from my eyes <laughs> Ooh, They're just like they're flowing and all of a sudden I kind of get my, my eyes are starting already starting to swell because I'm crying so hard and I finally I'm leaning I'm on my side like this and they kind of roll me over so I'm in this fetal position on the floor and I'm woo ah, woo ah. And I, and I opened my eyes, and when I opened my eyes, John Wimber's looking at me. He's puzzled with this puzzled look on his face. And he's got a root beer float in his hand. And, and, and what made it worse is all the Bible study ladies abandoned me, they were in the kitchen getting dessert. And I'm just, I keep howling. Hallo- woo! 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 And finally, some of the brothers, the men of God, they picked me up and they took me over to the Stratolander and they laid me in the Stratolander. Woo, woo! And I did that for the next hour and a half. I just ruined the whole meeting. They really only got to pray for three people. So finally, the brothers picked me up because I couldn't walk. They take me out to the car and they put me in the passenger side of the car. My wife gets in the front seat and I'm... Ooh! And she gets in the car and she drives me home. So we get to the house, but the baby's asleep. And my in-laws are asleep, I hope, because I can't walk. So I'm crawling across the front lawn. My wife's got her hand over my mouth. Oh, 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 oh. And I get to the front door. She says, don't you wake up the baby. Oh, oh, oh. I crawl across the living room floor and I jump in bed the best that I could. And she puts a pillow over my head. And I'm crying and I'm crying and crying. I cried all night long. I got up the next morning and I had to do chores. At the house, so I had to go mow the lawn. And my mother in law started getting worried about me, and she said to my wife, and She said, Becky, what's wrong with Blaine? She says, Oh, it's nothing to worry about, Mom. It's just allergies. Total humiliation. She didn't know that I was the great man of God. I don't know what's wrong with my wife. So I cried all night, Sunday night. I get up Sunday morning, get showered, you know, get all composed. Go to church. I sit down in the front row of the church. Sproing. I fall out of my chair in the front row of the church. Cried the whole service long. But I knew something had happened. I just didn't know what it was. But I started to experience, and, and you know, I kind of made it through Sunday, but then I had to get up Monday and go to work. So I got in my car, and I cried all the way to work. Got out of my car, I washed my face in the bathroom, and I worked till 10 o'clock, and then I went in the bathroom, I cried till 10, 15, and then I went back to work till noon, then I went out to my car, and I cried in my car, and then I went back to work, I worked till 3 o'clock, I Cried in the bathroom again, and then I went back to my job, and then I got off at 5 o'clock, and I cried all the way home. I did that for six months. But I had this visitation during this time. I just realized how broken, you know, and to this day, I really don't know. I'm not sure whether I got delivered Whether I got saved, saved, delivered, and filled with the Holy Spirit. I just knew something really dramatic had happened in my life. And all of a sudden, I started reading the Bible like my wife. Oh, listen to this verse, Leviticus 4.8. Now that's revelation. I just started reading everything. I I, I would lay awake some nights, almost most of the night, and I could just feel this, this presence so strong on me. And I, I, I read books later on about that sense of having a liquid love of God engulf my body, and I could feel it flowing through my body. I'd never felt so accepted in my entire life by anybody. And he'd wake me up and he'd take scenarios out of my life and show me and he'd heal those scenarios and i'd forgive those people for what they did and i'd ask people to forgive me in those scenarios and god was starting to heal my life and i just didn't know what to do with it. and i could barely stop crying wherever i went i just couldn't every time i'd see somebody there was just this compassion and i i i realized now that i was experiencing much of the compassion i think that god was experiencing when he saw me and as I saw others and I started to start believing that oh my goodness so I just i mean I had I just was on fire I just was crazy in love with God I didn't know how to manage it very well right and I'd see John he'd laugh at like <laughs> the guy, the dumb guy over there right he'd smile at kind of sheepish smile that he had. He'd just smile at me. and and He'd get up and start playing the piano. (laughs) He'd start crying again. So I just started this amazing trek trying to find God because I knew that I wanted to know Him in a very real way. And so I, I started reading all these books from all the faith healers, because I didn't know about healing, but I thought, wow, that looks like I'm reading all the gospels, right? And I'm saying, wow, when do we get to do that? And there's, we're just starting to talk about healing at the church. And I'm thinking, so when do we get to do that? And I'm a very impatient guy. I'm always trying, like trying to be three pages ahead of somebody else. So I'm like reading all these, I'm getting, buying all these books. I'm reading, you know, all those famous healers, Wigglesworth and Branham and, and, and just went on. I read everything I could get my hands on night and day and night and day and night and day and night and day. And, day and I was practicing, you know, you know, trying to figure out, yeah, you know, and we started praying for the sick. My wife and I just decided we're going to pray for... This. She came out to my car one afternoon. I can remember this. A few months into this and she comes out and she's got the Bible in her hand and she's crying and she's really mad and she goes, they lied to us. This is all true. I've been asking these questions since I was five years old. And they told me we didn't get to do this anymore. They lied to us. So we started thinking, well, we're going to find out whether it's true or not. So we just started praying for everybody, and nobody got healed. Well, we, got, we did pretty good with headaches after the people took, you know, a couple aspirin. We pray for them. <laughs> you know, at that time, you know, you're, going, you're kind of looking for some, You're trying to get the easy ones right in the earth. You ever try that? Yeah, right, you know, so somebody come up and they'd want to, you know, I got one leg that's one inch shorter than the other, you would pick it up, yeah, sure enough, and you start praying and that leg would grow longer, it'd grow out two inches instead of one, right, so we had all this failure, person after person, you know, and then we get kind and then every once in a while, just every once in a while, some random thing, and it was usually somebody that wasn't in the church, they'd get healed, so I can remember this one day, this kind of divining this, you know, and I was really frustrated with the whole process of learning how to heal the sick. And uh, and I can remember I was telling God, I said, OK, God, I promise whoever you send to me, I will pray for them from this day forward. Boy, don't ever make that declaration because he'll start sending them to you. So I'm driving home from work. That very afternoon, I can remember this as clear as anything, I made this. And i had been practicing all, I've been practicing. I was trying to get ready for the big ones, you know. Come forth, come forth, rise and walk. See, speak, hear. I had all the commands down. <laughs> and so I'm driving home from work this afternoon, and there's a young, there's a, I'm at this intersection up in your Belinda, and this car runs a red light and this truck turns left and creams this Volkswagen and the car spins around three times and this girl gets launched out of the car and she lands on her head and I'm the first guy on the scene of the accident and I'm going I wish I knew a Christian that could pray for this girl right so I go over there and her eyes are going like this and I can tell it's really one of those really bad ones right and so I'm laying hands on her and I'm Praying in tongues. I thought it was in the Bible study. Anyway, I wasn't in the Bible study. But anyway, I'm praying over this lady, this young girl, and all of a sudden the ambulance comes flying up, and then the police come, and I said, Oh, I missed it. I should have said, You know, rise and walk, you know, and she would have been healed. But I just, like, I had zero faith. Zero faith. And then, you know the 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 you know the the ambulance people the paramedics they're like really scared i can tell they're scared you can tell when it's not good so they're like working on it. all of a sudden this other car drives up and this woman jumps out it's the girl's mother and she said load my daughter up into the ambulance i want you to take her home oh and then i'm thinking oh my god so i walked up to the mom and i said hey i said i'm a christian and i believe in healing and she said so what I said, "Yeah, you're right." Okay, so I I walked away, and I followed the ambulance to her house, and I sat out in front of the house. I cried for a while. Then I drove home. I told my wife. My wife said, "Oh, you know, dear, dear, that's you did really good." But she said, "Why don't we go home? Go back tonight, and we'll pray out in front of the house." So we drive back that night, about eight o'clock. We pray out in front of the house. I didn't feel a lot of faith on it, you know. I I was commanding this, and anyway. So I can remember coming home from that and saying, I was deciding in my heart, I'm not praying for the sick anymore. I'm not doing this. I, it was such a miserable failure at that. Ah, could I, you know, how could I even think about doing something like that? So about two weeks later, I was really frustrated. I was trying to avoid every chance I could get to, to pray for the sick, because I didn't want to do it. <clears throat> All of a sudden, I get a call. My wife, I get home from work and my wife says, Hey, the church called and they need you to go down to the hospital. There's a guy dying of cancer in the hospital down there and none of the pastors are available. And I said, Well, that's what they're paid for. Why are they calling me? And she said, Well, honey, I think you ought to go down. I'm sure, you know, I think you just need to go down. So I, I'm really upset. I'm hungry. It's Friday. So I drive over to the hospital, I get to the hospital, I walk in the door, elevate, and I realize, oh my gosh, I don't know what the guy's name is, I don't know what room he's in. <laughs> it's working out pretty well. Right then, the elevator doors open, they open up, and this girl from the church that I recognize walks out, and she goes, Blaine! And I said, yeah. She said, well, I, I need you to pray for my brother who's upstairs on the fifth floor, and you can go into it. So, uh, okay. So I go upstairs. I get up to the fifth floor. I walk in his room, and this room just stinks. You know when people are not doing well, they just stink sometimes? So this guy's got all these open wounds all over his body. They're all abscessed in that, right? And I'm sitting there looking at it, and I'm thinking, wow, this guy's going to die. There's a spirit of faith on me at the, for the moment, anointing for faith. And uh, and so I walk over to the guy, and the guy goes, he starts talking to me. He says, can I turn the lights off? The light really hurts my eyes. I said, sure. I didn't want to look at him anyway, so he turns the lights off. And I'm thinking, well, the guy, I said, you know what? I, this honest, I said, you know what? I don't think God wants to heal you. But so I led him to the Lord. Because I thought, he's dying tonight anyway. I want to make sure he goes to heaven at least. And then I said to him again, I said, you know, I don't think God wants to heal you, but I'll pray for you anyway. So I lay hands on the guy, and the light's off now, you know, because I'm, I'm getting pretty bold with the lights off in there, tell, yeah. preaching the gospel. <laughs> Thinking I'm never going to see this guy again anyway, but I got to lose. So I lay hands on the guy and all of a sudden there was like this cone of energy came out of the, out of the sky and it just came down on this guy's bed and he went, ooh, ooh. my hands are like frozen in time, right? And all of a sudden it just stops. And the guy sits up in bed and he turns the light on he throws the blankets back and he picks up a bottle of water and he drinks it down and he says, I feel great. <laughs> and I said, I said, Well, didn't you know that God's healing today? (laughs) Full of faith. So now I'm thinking, man, I got to remember that prayer. How did I, you know, where did I? Right? So I'm walking out of the room and now I'm feeling pretty bold. And I'm walking out the room and there's a girl across the hall and she goes, hey. And I go, yeah. And she says, come in here. So I walk in and this girl's got a tube coming out of her stomach, you know, sucking blood up into this jar. (laughs) 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 She goes, how's Bill doing? I said, I think God healed him. And she goes, God? And I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, God's, god's healing day her mom's in the room her mom's turning up the tv like yeah right this guy i need to get rid of this guy and she goes do you think god can heal this i said oh i don't know that looks that looks pretty hard but she didn't give me a choice she reached over and grabbed my hand and put it underneath the hospital gown on the tube so here I am, and I'm going, oh God, oh, 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 God, oh. And she wouldn't let go of my hand, right? I was just, oh, okay, so I'm praying, oh, God, help me, heal this girl. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the bleeding stopped. And she goes, how did you do that? I said, well, didn't you know that God's healing today? Man, I was on, now I'm on fire. I'm out in the halls. I'm looking for strays, right? So I'm walking out to my car thinking, man, I'm such an obedient servant. God has chosen well. Such a yielded vessel. (laughs) I'm walking out to my car and all of a sudden I feel this tap on my shoulder. I turn around, it's the girl's mother. She goes, how did you do that? I said, well, you know, I said, I think God's really healing today. And I don't know why he used me, but I guess he did. And so we sat down and she told me this horrific story of her life in the hospital, sitting right at the, kind of as we are getting ready to go outside. And I ended up praying with her to receive the Lord right on the spot. I was so, it was so cool. Right? Got in my car, cried all the way home. <laughs> Got in the house, told my wife, she says, see, I told you it was going to be good. You just need to trust me. I said, easy for you to say you weren't there. So I said, you know what? I got out, I, you know, I got, I got, I got done telling her and I was real excited about it. I said, hey, you know, it's been like three weeks since that girl got in the car accident. If she's dead, you know, it's, they've had enough time to grieve. It's been three weeks. I'd like to find out what happened to her. So the next morning, I get up, I drive over to the house and I knock on the door and, uh, And the girl from the traffic accident answers the door. And I said, "Uh, you know that traffic accident a few weeks ago you were in? I was there. She said, I I recognize you. And I said, like, what happened? She said, well, you know, my parents brought, my mom brought me home. And for some reason, they put a mattress on the dining room table. They put me on the dining room table on a mattress because they thought I was going to die. And at 8 o'clock that night, I sat up, and I was completely healed. Right? And I said, no. She said, yes. And I said, no. I said, that's amazing. She said, well, yeah, the doctors were pretty amazed too. She said, because I have leukemia. And when I went back to the doctors, they checked me out. My leukemia is completely gone. Right? So so like I'm thinking, Oh man, I got it right. You don't ever have it. But you got him. And that started my adventure in healing. I just started then we just started praying for everybody. We then we started casting out demons. We used to cast out we used to cast out demons. In people in our garage because I didn't want them throwing up on my rugs. You <laughs> right? can always wash down the concrete, and it's hard to get the, the rugs cleaned up. And literally, over the next four years, we were just we were thinking about this. We probably had ten thousand people come through our house. I was doing home groups four nights a week. People would drive, and, you know, they'd come in the middle of the night. Hi, I'm here from Riverside. I said it's two thirty in the morning. Yeah, I know. But they told me that if you'd pray for me, that I'd speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. the most amazing time it's such just such an amazing time I prayed for people I prayed for lots of people I prayed for lots of people who got healed of all kinds of things and it wasn't because I was some spiritual giant it's because I just decided to say yes that's the key just say yes you know go ahead and die you're supposed to die anyway die I got humiliated. I got cussed out. I got thrown out of hospital. I got, I had all those things happen to me. I remember going to pray for this lady one time and, 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 and they sent me over from the church and I walk in the hospital room and it's her son and he's upset because I got there after I got off my job and they wanted somebody, he wanted somebody there right away. And so he's like cussing me out, just going, just cussing me out and cussing me out and cussing me out. And I said, are you done? He said, "Well, I've got a few more things, but I guess you better pray for my mom." <laughs> so I walk over to the bed, and the ladies, you know, got completely covered up to here. It was only about another six inches she needed. It would have been anyway. So she's there. <laughs> she's an older lady, and all of a sudden, I said, "Well, so how can I pray for you?" Because nobody told me what she uh, she was in for. And all of a sudden, she pulls back this, this sheet, and she has an arm that was completely black from her shoulder all the way down to her fingertips and the fingertips looked, you know, from like blood It's completely like black and the fingertips were shriveled like raisins I said uh, like, what do you want me to pray for? <laughs> Full of faith Right? And she says, Well, my arm. And I said, like, what's the prognosis? And she said, Well, if it doesn't get better, they're gonna cut my arm off. Oh, uh, okay, I'll pray for you. So, you know, I'm praying, and the words are kind of like running down my tail, Oh, God, you know, in your mercy, and in your you know, so I'm praying for this lady. And I leave and the I run into the sun, he said, Thanks a lot. And he cussed me out for a little while longer. I went home. They called me up, they asked me to come back about three or four days later to check on her, so I went back three or four days later. Their son's there, he's all excited, hi. Like that never happened, right? He cussed me out, hi. Hi, oh hi, great to see you too. So he walks me into his mom and his mom's all excited, she's got a big smile on her face and she pulls her arm out and her arm is completely healed completely healed except for some reason there was one like on the index finger the last like you know little bit didn't get healed they had to cut it off weirdest thing ever what was god thinking (laughs) do you get it you're gonna have failure in this you're gonna have disappointment in this You're going to have problems with it. You're going to have people get mad at you. You're going to have families get upset with you. You're going to have, but what else are you going to do? I drank the Kool-Aid. I just decided that if nobody got healed, I was going to keep praying for the sick. I was going to try and do the best I could to live out what's laid out for us here. And I can tell you from experience, there's a whole lot more healing happening today than there was 30 years ago. Yeah. By you. You're more anointed, you're more blessed, you're more. You, God has released the Spirit in, in, in an amazing way in this season. And He wants to empower you, He wants to release you, He wants to send you out. He wants to make you bold because you've got no other choice at this point. He bought you. He owns you. He wants to spend you. He needs you. You're just loose change in his pocket. You just are. So be his. Be his. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be frustrated, but I tell you, when you push in and push in and push in and push in and push in, God will use you. God will make you to prophesy. God will make you to heal the sick. God will release spiritual gifts over your life. It's what he does. He wants you to, you know... God could fix everything on this earth in his power, could he not, in a moment in time. And yet he's decided that he wants to partner with you and I to take back this world, to take back his people, to heal this land. Right? So start acting like world changers all the time. Start expecting that wherever you go and whatever you do, God's going to be with you. Amen. He's going to be with you in that restaurant. He's going to be with you at school. He's going to be with you with your neighbors if you talk to them. Wow. Because it's His nature, and you 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 are the you are the representatives of God. That's why you're the Christ, the Christians, the Christ like ones, the little anoint, the little anointed ones. I don't mean little anointing. I mean, you're just, <laughs> there's anointing on you. There's blessing on you. It's what God wants to do. He wants to empower you. If you don't have enough power, come and get some more. Oh, Belly up to the bar. Drink deep. Get empowered and be driven out. You got, it's out there. It's out there. It's out there. That's where the, you know, it's much easier to heal people out there. It's a lot more fun too. It just is. They don't know what to do with you. They don't know how to handle it. They don't. I was I was on an airplane one time, flying to South Africa, and uh, this drunk's walking down. I'll finish here in a second. I promise. This drunk's walking down this aisle. From first class, he's walking down the aisle. We've got a team of kids, teenage kids on the trip going to South Africa. He walks up. He starts sitting on the hand, you know, the the armrest of one of the girls. He's got his arm around the girl. I'm pretending to be asleep. And my wife's saying, hey, Blaine. Hey, Blaine. Hey, Blaine. Yeah. That girl's, that guy's harassing Lori. You better go. This doesn't look good. And I said, oh, man. So I get up, I walk over to the man. He's like really hitting on her now, big time. He's drunk. And I stand him up. I get him up off the the armrest, and I put my arm around him. I said, you know what? I said, God loves you so much, he's going to heal your ulcer right now. And I touched him right here, and he fell flat on his face on the floor. And he crawled back up into first class. I'm thinking, i got to remember that one, too. That was pretty cool. So I went up there with a friend about an hour and a half later. And I, we like, you know, you can't go into first class. Now they're really kind of, you know, Nazis about it. But, but we peeked through the curtain, you know, and we, they invited us into first class. The guy is sitting on the floor telling every passenger in first class how he got healed. And over the next couple hours, we got to lead a bunch of those people to Christ because of what happened to him. Do you understand that he's got that for you all over this world? Don't miss the good stuff. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss God's blessing. Don't miss God's anointing. Don't, 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 don't. You're going to have failures. You're going to have disappointments. But he comes. And he comes, and he comes, and he comes, and he blesses. And you need to ask God to put you in a place where you can be an expression of him wherever you are. And it's always easier in dark places. Because he likes to show up where it's really dark. Amen? Let's stand.